Nystrom. Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh, my. Did Mick plant one on C-card? Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The puck drop, the puck right the right to King But just a minute, Al Arbor has won mm-hmm. four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. Proud member of RR Productions. RR Productions is affiliated with several Buffalo podcasts with the goal to help growth and development in our network by marketing and promotion. So, as I've said the last few episodes, obviously I am not a Buffalo podcast, but I have a good relationship with uh, many people up in the 716 based on my fandom of the Buffalo Bills, uh, Rant and Ron, or Ranting Ron, I believe he has the G at the end, Ranting Ron, good dude, uh, thank you for welcoming me to the network, I really appreciate that. Uh, so welcome to episode 78, and this is actual episode 100, the 100th episode, so <laughs> I guess right off the bat, I don't exactly know uh, how I came to the decision when I would do the episodes that had multiple parts. For instance, um, my very first episode was with Dean Ewan, and and that was, uh, at the time, I thought it was going to be the longest episodes uh, that I would do, and I titled them the Dean Ewan Epic Part 1 and Part 2, and I just made that episode one. part one and episode one, part two. And the reality is my first actual episode was my introduction episode. So the Dean Ewan episodes should have been episode two and episode three. I don't know why I chose to break them up like that. So although this is episode 78, oh, and and then by the way, I had episodes I didn't even number. And a lot of those were the solo episodes, which um, I didn't think I would get into too many of those. I thought those were going to be here or there. But um, as the show progressed, it became obvious that there were going to be um, some solo episodes thrown in, but for a few of those, I didn't even give them a number. Um, and I think at this point, it's probably too late to go back and, uh, and renumber things. So, uh, so I'm not going to do that, but that's why at the beginning of every episode, I tell you what episode it is and then the actual episode. And as I just said, even though today is episode 78, it is the 100th episode. So uh, I guess this is a milestone for me. I'm very happy to have hit this milestone. Um, never really thought much about how long the show would go. I always figured it would go um, as long as I could get guests, and and, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. Um, but uh, I'm very happy to have uh, given you 100 episodes. And uh, as, as I've said a million times, this uh, show... I I don't want to get dramatic and say the show saved my life. I don't, I don't believe that, but 
I do believe that the show kept me sane during uh, Corona, during the Kung Flu here. So uh, I, be- I believe when I was out of work for 18 months, I, I do believe that um, it really did. It-, it kept me sane, kept me going. And, uh, and actually now, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is back then during the uh, coronavirus, because apparently it's gone away now since the war started. But uh, during the time of coronavirus, uh, it was basically reaching out to guys and, well, when can you do it? And I would say, well, I'm I'm furloughed right now, so uh, so whatever works for you is good. And now it's uh, it's a little more difficult now trying to work around a work schedule. So um, you know, but uh, but it is what it is. And uh, I'm very obviously, I'm very happy to be back at work. I'm also uh, very happy to have uh brought you folks brought you people 99 previous episodes and uh and this episode 100 so i don't know what's going on here i got uh my uh facebook messenger on here and it's very distracting so i don't know if you can hear that in the background but uh i gotta mute that i guess i don't know but uh no i better not all right so (laughs) as i usually start the episodes off uh, I am on social media, as I would imagine most of you people are too. If you're on Twitter and you'd like to follow the show Twitter account, that is at Kali Sinbin Pod, and the personal Twitter account is at Joe underscore Lozito. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Coliseum Chronicles Podcast, and on Instagram, Coliseum underscore Chronicles underscore Podcast. When you go to those social media sites, you will see my logo, and that logo was drawn up by a local Long Island artistic legend, Joe Marisich. Joe does much more than tunes, though. You can uh, reach out to Joe for all your art projects. I almost wish I had another one because uh, he's so good, but maybe that'll happen at some point. If you have an art project that you would like Joe to... um, complete for you well start and complete for you uh joe is on twitter at graphics joker g-r-a-f-i-x-j-o-k-e-r or you can reach joe at loudegg.com a couple of folks i'm going to touch on in a few minutes but uh as they are always part of the intro here fourth line voice podcast with my buddy darren up in saskatchewan now darren is part of the hockey podcast network uh, arguably the best show on the network. I, I listen to a few shows. Uh, I listen to every episode Darren puts out. I listen to Terry Ryan's show. Uh, there's a few Islander shows, at least two, that are on the network. I listen to one of them. Um, good stuff. Uh, I know Isha and Dylan up there, Hockey Podcast Network, they're doing a great job. Darren is a proud member of that network, and he does two shows a week. Uh, episodes on Wednesday and Sunday. Wednesday, are his uh, Wednesday is his day for interviews, player interviews, and Sunday uh, a, a veritable potpourri. Uh, but the Sunday episodes generally uh, gravitate towards uh, a Sunday shit show type environment, where Darren sort of vents about uh, goings on in the previous week, uh, mostly in the world of hockey, sometimes in life. And uh, Darren gets a lot of his material for the Sunday shows in a group that I'm going to talk about next uh, with Alec. Uh, but uh, Darren's latest – now, again, Darren, hardworking man. He was just in Vegas uh, maybe 10 days, two weeks. I don't exactly remember how much. Um, 
he recorded episodes. I think he put out three episodes while he was gone. So that's the kind of commitment that uh, Darren has to uh, to us, the listeners. I thank him for that. And uh, his latest episode, which I have, I started listening to this morning. It's Sunday morning, and uh, I have about six minutes left to go. It's a doozy. Uh, it's definitely uh, under that category of Sunday shit show. And um, I urge you to listen to it because uh, Darren speaks about uh, a few different topics, but especially the topic at the end, I think, is uh, is pretty important. And uh, it's something that I have vaguely touched on. And uh, I guess undercover, I don't really have uh, a lot to say directly. I've never really had contact with uh, the person that uh, Darren, <clears throat> excuse me, Darren is talking about in this. Uh, and I know Darren has, he's had a few, uh, a few different conversations with this person. And, um, but basically Darren is coming to the defense of a friend and, and I stand, I stand with that friend and I, and I support Darren a hundred percent. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, but I don't want to give too much of it away because, uh, it's not my fight specifically. And according to Darren, the person that, uh, and it's not a fight. It's really, it's really just stupidity. Uh, it's, um, well, an episode will be coming out shortly by the person involved in it, and he can give you a much better uh, take on it than I can. All I know is it's just, uh, I remember there's uh, a scene in uh, in Ransom, and I forget the uh, one of the guys who, who uh, stole the kid. And, and listen, if you haven't seen the show, I think the uh, statute of limitations for um, spoiler alert is well uh, is well passed, and there was a, a scene where he goes, uh, drama, something like everybody loves the drama, and there, you know, listen, there are just some people who are are magnets for drama, and um, you know, I, again, uh, Darren in his episodes has always said he's honest with his listeners, and he is hundred percent all the time. Uh, maybe when, except when he talks about me, me, uh, putting fish or some fish item or something from the ocean in the work microwave that he he is stretching the truth there i have not done that ever um but with everything else all the real life stuff uh he's pretty much spot on and he's spot on in this episode and like i said i started my sunday morning with it i have about six minutes left and uh, please go back and listen to that episode it's it's great stuff and excuse me check out the back catalog and um yeah, you won't be disappointed. Darren is really, uh, he's really the one that, that took this enforcer, um, podcast idea and ran with it. And he's, uh, he's perfected it. He really has. And, uh, you know, I think he's close to 200 episodes now. And my God, like, you know, just thinking about me doing my 100th episode and the work that, that went into those episodes. And, uh, you know, Darren works a full-time job just like me. So the fact that he, uh, He's close to 200, man. My hat's off to you. And, uh, you know, keep it going, man. Keep it going. And also, if you uh, have ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it is on the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. That's Darren's channel. Uh, I believe he has to be over 2,700 fights by now. Um, all leagues, all players represented. And um, Darren makes it easy. For simpletons like myself, he has that search function there, and, and that may be a YouTube thing, but Darren does it. You want to search for a league, you put in the league. You want to search for a team, put in the team, put in the player. It's right there for you. Couldn't be easier. 
And uh, and I think every time you go and watch a video, Darren gets a little bit of cash. So uh, so why don't you uh, head over to the YouTube channel? Um, if you listen to my last episode with Phil DiGaetano, uh, I recommend that he go to YouTube and do a deep dive on Brett Gallant. And uh, I know Darren has a lot of galley's fights on there. So maybe you should do the same. Fourth Line Voice Podcast, give it a listen. Sunday shit show this morning. Excellent way to start my day. Now, the Five for Fighting podcast with Alec Coden Salen down in Florida. Uh, Alec, I, I thought he was MIA, but apparently he's just on another vacation. I Like Darren said in this episode, I don't know what he does for a living, but God bless him. God bless him. This kid, I tell you, he's living the high life. And, not, and uh, I don't really get involved in the beer talk. I, I think he drinks uh, Bush. I didn't even know they still had a beer, but I do think he drinks Bush Apple, and I'm not really one to criticize uh, alcoholic beverages. I barely drink myself, but uh, I enjoy the odd beer now and then, and uh, maybe a little uh, Makers, but um, <laughs> it's fun to hear Darren and Alec uh, talk about each other's uh, beer intake, so, uh, but yeah, good for Alec. He's on he's on vacation, uh, so, uh, so he hasn't put out an episode in a little bit, uh, so it's the same episode that I mentioned in, in my last episode, uh, his latest one was about Matt Barnaby versus Sean Avery. Now, this episode was uh, recorded and uploaded before Avery decided to... Uh, well, I, that's the thing I don't know. Did Avery decide to retire again, or did the team decide to let him go? I would I would think that, um, you know, who knows? Why, why would... Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of shady for the team to bring this guy in for two days, start taking pre-orders on jerseys if they didn't have plans for him. Because even if, even if Avery is, is, uh, not hundred percent tip top shape, which I'm sure he isn't, uh, he's going to sell tickets. So that's why I wonder if this was an Avery decision. I don't know, whatever, uh, didn't happen. But, uh, Alec, who's all over the league that shall not be named this year. Um, he had a good episode about that. But as I said, last episode, please, uh, probably his best solo episode was the episode before the Barnaby Avery one. And I know it's old news by now, but uh, in a world that is so uh, blinded by uh, stupidity and um, lack of understanding and lack of patience to listen to both sides of a story, um, Alec really did a great job. Uh, regarding the Malcolm Subban, Jacob Panetta incident, uh, presented both sides. And um, it really is an episode that Alec should be proud of. And uh, and Alec, if you're listening to this, I, I hope you are very proud of it. Uh, you really covered all the bases there. And uh, like I said, you, you've had some real good solo episodes uh, during your run here. And uh, I, I, I really think this was your best solo episode. So uh, be proud of that one for sure. And speaking of YouTube channels... Alec, the Five for Fighting. I I said Alec Coden Salem. Did I even say his podcast name? Five for Fighting Podcast. Uh, and the, the Five for Fighting YouTube channel covers the four letter league that shall not be named. It's so funny because they're so hypersensitive about the fights in that league being watched. And I mean, listen, it's not the NHL. I mean, the NHL is a. It's. I mean, the NHL is not the NFL. But I'm sure the NHL does okay. And you would think with some of these lower minor leagues, they'd want as much publicity as possible, you know, no matter what it is. I mean, as long as it's not uh, criminal, you know. But uh, 
like I said, to me, this four-letter league made its bones on its tough play decades ago, and uh, they're just so sensitive. They're triggered, triggered <laughs> by people putting videos out of their fights. I don't get it. Um, maybe it's the leadership. I have no idea. But uh, the four-letter league that shall not be named, Alec is all over them this year, and uh, check out his YouTube channel. And uh, subscribe to it because uh, I don't know much about how it works when you get paid, but I think... Uh, I've heard Darren say if you get a, num a certain number of subscribers, you could start to monetize it. And um, let's get Alec maybe some extra dough here, especially if he's taking these vacations left and right. The kid's going to need some cash. But Fourth Line Voice podcast, Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel, Five for Fighting podcast, Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Subscribe to all that stuff. Follow all that stuff. Uh, you definitely won't be disappointed. So now I present to you the 2021 22 New York Islanders Bridgeport Islanders fight report and uh, it looks like according to my numbers well a certain point yesterday both organizations were tied with 19 fights the Islanders played a 12-30 game against St. Louis we'll start with them normally I start with Bridgeport but let's start with them the 19th fight of the season was the second fight of the season for Scott Mayfield and he fought a gentleman on St. Louis named Klim Costin. And uh, it almost sounds like that should be one whole name, Klim Costin. But I guess he's, uh, Klim is, uh, I guess Klim, I don't know if it's a nickname or if it's his middle name. I don't know anything about him. The only thing I, I, I know anything about uh, Klim Costin is when um, uh, Darren Kimball and Jamie Rivers used to do their blues podcast. I would hear them mention him every now and then. But uh, St. Louis boy Scott Mayfield fought St. Louis Blue Klim Costin yesterday, and that was the 19th fight for the Islanders this year. Not to be outdone for a few hours anyway, uh, the Bridgeport Islanders and the New York Islanders were tied in fighting majors. Now, and I'm also counting a preseason fight in Bridgeport's total. Uh, that was the first fight of the year for either team. And uh, back in October, uh, Mike Cornell fought former Sound Tiger Cedric Lacroix. That's a preseason fight. I'm still counting it in the totals. Um, but then last night against uh, Wilkes-Barre, the I see. I have to stop myself from saying Sound Tigers. I really they got to go back. Um, Chris Terry locked his first fight of the season against Matt Bartkowski, and uh, later in the game, not too much later, very shortly thereafter, Blade Jenkins notched his first fight of the season against Kyle Olson. Also, it's the same game. Also against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. So. That brings the Bridgeport fight total up to 21, Islanders fight total up to 19. And I want to say something. Congratulations yesterday. Uh, a guy that you've heard me mention numerous times when I go through these fight reports, uh, Parker Watherspoon. Uh, congratulations to Parker. Unfortunately, he did not get into the Islander game yesterday, but he was recalled, um, and I guess he was the seventh defenseman, took the warm-up. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, I was there yesterday. Uh, it did not. I think I got up to my seat with about two minutes to go in the warmups, and um, I didn't know that Parker was recalled until I got to my seat and I was checking Twitter. So I don't know if Parker took the warm up. I hope they let him take the warm up. Uh, it would have been nice to see him get in the game. I'm not a huge Sebastian Aho fan, and uh, I. But I guess he's playing better as of late. But I, you know, whatever. 
uh, I would have been, I would have really liked to seen, uh, Parker get a shot yesterday to play in the game, but I guess he was brought up just in case there was an issue with one of the top six. Um, but as you see a lot of times with American League players, uh, I guess <laughs> he was a scratch for the game. And then, uh, you know, this is part of the advantage of having your uh, AHL affiliate so close. I don't know. I, I imagine he didn't stay for the entire game, but uh, Parker was in the lineup uh, last night for Bridgeport. So uh, he started his day on Long Island, ended the day in Bridgeport. But, you know, this is a guy, like I said, uh, according to Barry Trotz, he's been their best defenseman lately. Um and and I just admire guys that are willing to go the extra mile. Uh, I've talked about him here. He leads the uh, leads Sound Tigers Islanders. He leads them in fights with five. It's not necessarily his game. He doesn't shy away from it. But you know, Parker's a good player. And I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that I believe that was his first official call up. A lot of times, guys get called up. Uh, it's not necessarily official. They're they're in town. And uh, in case they're needed, then they'll make an official roster move uh, or they'll make it official with a call-up. I'm not sure I ever remember Parker getting a call-up with the Islanders. So uh, to my knowledge, that was his first call-up. And hopefully his next one, he'll get uh, get into a game. You know, the reality is if this team is not going to make the playoffs this year, and I think I said it last episode, and I don't expect them to, to do anything in terms of the lineup until it's official. Uh, there's a few guys down in, in Bridgeport who probably deserve a chance to get some more games up with the Islanders. Uh, Watherspoon, to me, first and foremost, deserves some games. Uh, Andy Andreoff, who played a few games up here, uh, he's doing amazing down there. Not fighting too much, but playing very well. He deserves a shot. Um, I would love to see them give Seth Helgeson a chance uh, to get some games up here. The captain down there. Uh, you know, um, of course, I love Duke, But anyway... We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe yesterday was the start of something. Maybe they run the table the rest of the year, and then we're not having this conversation. I mean, of course, I, I don't see that happening, but let's see what happens. So, as I mentioned, this is the 100th episode. So, uh, basically, for the next few minutes, I really want to talk about some people who who helped me out. There's going to be a lot of thank yous here. Uh, I don't want to rush through them, but uh, I also don't want you to fast forward through it. Because uh, without these people, there is no show. And uh, first and foremost, I want to I want to thank Pat Dixon. Pat Dixon is the host of the New York City Crime Report. He also has a show on Anthony Cumia's network, uh, Crime Report. Uh, I met Pat shortly after my incident on the subway. Uh, Pat reached out to me. Obviously, uh, the type of podcast he does, uh, my incident would fit right in, being that it was a New York City crime. And um, I've done Pat's show numerous times. I've done the um, the video show on Anthony's network numerous times. Pat's a great friend, and um, you know he's one of the few that uh, when everything happened, uh, he's he's still we still keep in touch all the time. And uh, when I was first thinking about doing the show, I went to Pat because he uh, he's had his show for a while, and and I got some advice on how to do this, and uh, because honestly, I had no idea. And he gave me some tips on on uh, host sites and uh, just everything. And Pat really, he really helped me out a lot. So I want to thank Pat Dixon. Uh, two guys that uh, I, I will u- say their names separately, but they're in tandem. Uh, Joe Rizzo of the Diamond Diehards podcast and Jay Kelly from the Building Downtown podcast. Well, those two guys 
Uh, I've known them for a while as well. They were the ones who uh, spoon-fed me and talked me through Audacity. They helped me out with that. They, they, uh, we did a, a group Skype, I guess, one night, and they kind of held my hand and taught me how to use Audacity. So, um, so I would say if if this show is an assault on your ears, those three guys, Pat Dixon, Joe Rizzo, and Jay Kelly, are are the are the culprits that you want to seek out and uh, get your comeuppance on. But uh, but this show does not happen without Pat Dixon, Joe Rizzo, and Jay Kelly. So I want to thank those guys. Uh, I'm going to thank him later, but I want to thank Mike McWilliam. Uh, Mike was nice enough to do the intro that you hear every episode, um, splicing those fight highlights together and the, um, you know, the Don Cherry portion and the, the Islander organ and the yes, yes, yes. I sent him numerous files. I think I could do it now. Um, but at the time, <laughs> it probably would have taken me a week and, and Mike was really good. And, and, uh, you know, again, like I say, with a lot of these guys, Mike works a full-time job. Mike has a life, but he was, he was, uh, nice enough to take time out of his schedule to, uh, piece that intro together for me. And, uh, and I really appreciate, uh, really appreciate that Mac. Thank you very much. Uh, someone who, uh, has not been on the show and someone who has, uh, respectfully declined to appear on the show. And, and I understand it. It's his decision. Uh, Dean Chenelth. I go, uh, I go back a long ways with Dino and, uh, Dean is a guy who, while he has, has, uh, not appeared on the show, uh, has helped me connect with numerous people, um, who have been on the show and also, the people who've been on the show, I've been able to connect with others. So, um, you know, Dean, Dean's a great guy and I appreciate all his help with, uh, connecting with some people. And I, and I do hope one day, uh, Dean, if you're listening, uh, I do hope one day you reconsider. I told you, I got the questions locked and ready to go. Uh, all you got to do is say the word and we'll just start recording. I do hope you reconsider. I'd love to, uh, talk about your career and bring, bring your career out to the listeners. So, uh, thank you to Dean Chanel. Uh, you heard me mention these next three gentlemen, well, next four gentlemen earlier, uh, Joe Marisich, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. I didn't mean to cough in your ears. Uh, Joe Marisich, the, uh, Long Island artist who, uh, designed my logo, uh, Joe's a super guy and, um, you know, he did that. I don't know how long something like that takes. Uh, not only did Joe design the logo, uh, I had a different idea originally when uh, I went to Joe for a logo and, um, you know, this is where, you know, Joe comes in and he basically said, look, if you want to do that logo, that's not a problem. But if you're eventually going to want to do merchandise and this and that, you may want to go a little simpler. And, um, I really didn't understand at that point because I don't know anything about merchandising and the amount of colors that go into things and uh, how busy a logo could get. And then it just kind of gets lost. But uh, he simplified it for me. And and, uh, I'm so happy with the logo. And uh, I really appreciate his suggestion and his time working on that for me. So uh, so thank you, Joe. And, And by the way, thank you to anyone who has ever purchased anything. Uh, when I had the logo, uh, when I had the merchandise available, I do think one of the links is still active. Uh, so if anyone wants to, uh, purchase merchandise, I think there is a a link in this episode in every episode description. I'm not even sure. Um, 
But for those of you who purchased anything with, with my logo on it, I really want to say thank you. It means a lot to me. The fact that you would walk around with uh, the logo, which is essentially, you know, a much better looking version of my face, uh, really is, is humbling to me. And, and, uh, and I appreciate that. Um, fourth line voice, Darren, uh, and five for fighting Alec, uh, you know, support my show. They, they mentioned my show on every episode that they do. You know, we're kind of like the three amigos here with the enforcer podcasts. Um, and we kind of help each other out and we support each other. And Darren mentioned it in, um, in his last episode, the one I listened to this morning where, you know, people have asked him or, or just assume that we're competitors. I mean, you know, he brought up a good point. Like we're all kind of fighting for the same guests, but we're not, we're not fighting for the same guests. Um, I don't consider Darren or Alec competition. Um, even if I was doing a show where I was interviewing any enforcers, I don't consider them competition. I, 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 I think the relationship that we have, it, it's, <laughs> it's just, we're three friends that, that do this. And, um, I, I love their shows. And, and I think Darren hit it on the head. There are, are certain guests that are better suited for each one of our shows. And, and like Darren said, especially with my show, because, um, of the limitations I put on it in getting guests where there, there has to be a certain tie to the Islanders. And now I've, I've gone outside the lines a little bit, had some riptide guests on and, um, which is which is fine with me. I I, I kind of like staying with the Long Island theme, though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, where where Alec and Darren can pretty much cherry pick, and by cherry pick, I don't mean it's easy. God, no, we're going to get into that. Um, but they don't have any limitations on their show. I do. I, I put limitations on my show, and I'm okay with that. And I'm glad I did. And I love I love what I've done. But really, for those of you out there, not that anyone is really, I, I think a few people may have asked me back in the day, but no, there is absolutely no competition between the three of us. I don't, I don't view it that way. And I know that they don't view it that way. And, um, we, we help each other out and, and we, we send guests each other's way and, uh, I'm happy to do so. And, you know, those guys, thank you. Uh, thank you for pumping my tires in every one of your episodes. I appreciate that. And uh, Ranting Ron, I mentioned him earlier, RR Productions just joined that network. Uh, I think this is maybe my third episode with them. And um, small, yeah, I think I think Ron, I, Ron's been around a little bit, but I think he's he's sort of gathering uh, shows for the network now to make it bigger. And um, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I'm I'm part of that for a long time. And hopefully, we uh, we can build the network together. I know. Uh, well, I don't know for sure, but I imagine anyone else that's joining the network uh, wants the same thing. So I want to thank Ron for having faith in me. I want to thank Darren, actually. I think Ron had actually reached out to Darren, and uh, Darren suggested me uh, to Ron. So I want to th obviously I thank Darren already, but thanks to Ron. Uh, and before I get to the guests, I want to thank you, you people out there, uh, the listeners. Uh, I've said it a million times to um, – guests and even this morning when I, uh, I I put out the graphic for the episode saying that it was coming tomorrow, Wayne Doucette, you know, congratulated me. And you know, there there's two two pe two groups of people that really make this show go. And the first part is the guests, because without the guests, I'm not doing a show. And 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 you people, without the listeners, if you're not listening, then what's the point? So I mean I love doing the show, but and honestly, I don't even know how to look for the 
amount of people who listen. I, I honestly don't care. I could have a million listeners or one. It doesn't make a difference. It's not going to change the show. But, um, you know, for for you people out there that take the time to listen to this show, uh, I'm very grateful. I know I've had I have people that have listened to every single episode, and of course, there's going to be people that cherry pick episodes that maybe they don't need to listen to uh, every guest I have. But uh, for those of you who've listened to every episode, thank you. For those of you who've listened to one episode thank you and for those of you who fall somewhere in between thank you thank you thank you to everybody who's ever tuned into this show now of course i can't name all the listeners by name because obviously i don't know your names but uh, i can thank the guests so this this list uh, is going to get a little extensive here but in case you're not familiar with all the guests i've had maybe take some time and, and listen to this list um Mentioned them earlier. First guest, Dean Ewan. Uh, Dean is my brother. He's, uh, you know, <laughs> he's family to me. He's family. He's my brother. I would, uh, I go to war with this guy any day of the week. And, um, you know, I'm not going to start gushing about our relationship. We've been friends for a very long time. Um, you know, definitely along with my family, my, my biggest supporter, my biggest champion. And, um, you know, I, I can't say enough about Dean, but obviously when I decided to do this show, there was only one choice for the first guest. And of course that was Dean Ewan. Um, after that, thank you, Paul Cruz. Uh, you know, I, I love doing the show with Paul. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to end up saying, saying the same thing for all these guys and there's a lot of guests so i don't i'm just going to say the names um but to everybody that i'm about to name you guys are the best thank you for your time and um again without you guys this show is horseshit so thank you to everybody i'm about to name uh mike mcwilliam i already thanked him for doing my uh my intro but i i thank him for his time and doing the episode that we did uh mick vakoda he's a he's a, a returning guest he, we did our, our mick vakoda uh saga epic whatever you want to call it and then mick was nice enough to uh, join me for the clark gillies uh, as was dean uh the clark gillies uh, appreciation uh, episode after clark unfortunately passed away uh jamie rivers Brent Severin, who gave me shit for having him on so late, and I believe he was the seventh episode. <laughs> but that's just Sevy's personality, and um, you know, thanks to Sevy for coming on. Uh, John Forsland. Uh, some people may know him as the voice of the Kraken or the voice of the Hurricanes, but before all that, he was Mr. Springfield Indian. And uh, if you're interested in his story or a lot of Springfield Indian talk, I would go back and listen to that one. Uh, after Forsland, we had Sharky, Kerry Clark. Uh, arguably the better looking of the Clark boys. Uh, but, uh, I guess that's for you to decide. Uh, Edmonton media mogul, Jason Strudwick was next. Uh, Jimmy McKenzie, uh, someone had asked me about Jim McKenzie on Twitter the other night. And, uh, since I don't have that up right now, I know, I know who it is. I just don't know his Twitter handle. So I don't want to say the wrong one, but, um, Jim should have been an Islander longer than a training camp, but, uh, you know, that's Mike Milbury for you, but uh, Jimmy and I have known each other a long time, and he's a good friend, and uh, I'm I'm grateful for at least that one training camp. <laughs> but oh, what could have been? What could have been, Jimmy? Um, Dave Chazowski, multiple uh, time guest. We did the Dave Chazowski episode, and then uh, Dave joined me for the Clark Gillies episode. Chizers is a good friend, and uh, you know 
just definitely go back and, and li- well, go back and listen to all these episodes if you haven't listened. Every episode is its own. They're like my children. Every episode is uh, it brings something different to the table. Jeff Zare, uh, Richie Pilon, Danny Lacroix, and uh, by the way, Danny Lacroix's son Cedric, who I mentioned earlier during the uh, Bridgeport uh, fight report, uh, I've reached out to Cedric, and uh, hopefully in the off season I'll have him on the show. His Islander connection, of course, is uh, he played uh, with Bridgeport. Even though it was a short period of time, he was a Bridgeport Sound Tiger. Sean Byram. Sean Byram, great guest. Great, I mean, I love Byzy, great guest. And uh, if you're not familiar, his son Bowen is with the Colorado Avalanche. High draft pick. Kid's going to be a star. Uh, Sal, Robbie DeMaio. Aaron Asham, two-parter with Aaron Asham. Um I mean, Ash has appeared on a lot of shows, so I'm sure you know his story, but I'd like to think that uh, I covered his career from start to finish, uh, you know, just as good as anyone. But uh, that's for, again, that's for you to decide. Uh, Eric Bolton, what a funny guy, man. Absolute funny guy. And um, I love talking to Bolts. Uh, the Colonel, Brian Curran, excellent, excellent. You know, as I always say, Brian Curran, the bridge between uh, the glory year enforcers and the guys like Mickey Vakoda and uh, Bomber and those guys, uh, Brian Curran, regardless of what you think about him, I love the guy. And uh, I really think he was the right guy at the right time. And I'm glad Islanders, the Islanders are on the back of his hockey card. Yannick Turcott. I love this kid. And unfortunately he's missed the season due to an elbow injury. And um, I tell you in, in a, in a sport right now, that gets less and less physical by the day. And this kid is a breath of fresh air. And uh, I really can't wait for him to return. I, I'm, if you're not familiar with Yannick, um, check out some of his videos. Um, i tell you, he was, was probably born 20 years too late. He would have fit right in during the era of uh, multiple fight games and guys with uh, 20 to 30 majors a year. This kid, I tell you. Uh, I wish him all the best. I hope he comes back better than ever next year. Uh, Jody Robinson, former Sound Tiger. Mike Dalhusen. Now, I I, want to say this about Mike. Mike's Instagram is one of the more interesting Instagrams that you'll ever see. And uh, and Mike looks like he he enjoys every ounce of life that there is. So I would say, you know, in a world of negativity, Mike seems like a really positive influence, so uh, maybe check out his uh, his Instagram. I, I tell you, every day it's something different, and you know, just I'm really happy for him. I'm happy, you know. Every guest that I have, they have their own thing going on. Uh, you know, like even the guy I just mentioned, Jody Robinson. I, I think his wife is a trainer, personal trainer. Uh, he's always posting pictures. Uh, and I think they're always in sort of a gym environment. He's got, jeez, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jody. I think he's got one one child. And uh, if if you have more, Jody, I apologize. I didn't look it up before I said this, but guys always smiling, man. You know, these guys, it makes me feel really good. It makes me feel really good uh, for, for guys like Jody that are retired, guys like Mike that are still playing. You know, I just love seeing seeing guys, you know, doing real well, you know. Uh, Blair Riley, really, really funny guy. When I mentioned to a few guys that I was interviewing him, they all had the Blair Riley stories ready to go. And uh, everybody sort of said, uh, you know, what a, what a great teammate he was. Mike Cornell, who's currently a Bridgeport Islander. Now, Mike and I have discussed, 
maybe in the off season doing uh, doing another episode talking about his season this year, maybe covering the last couple of years, uh, you know, going through COVID and um, and this year uh, Mike was put in a very interesting situation for at least well for one game. And uh, I'm not, if you heard, I did talk about it, but in case you missed it, uh, it was probably something we're going to revisit after the season. So, uh, and Mike's, Mike's helped me out, reaching out to some people, and, uh, and I thank him for that. And, um, you know, I, I don't think you've heard the last of Mike Cornell on this show. Uh, Matt Caputo, the uh, mustache classic, uh, Matt does uh, a lot of amazing work. Um, for men's health, uh, really, really selfless guys. Uh, he's a grinder, you know, it was, uh, an honor to have him on the show. Um, you know, I don't know how much I may have helped, but, uh, I hope I did even a little bit, Matt. And, um, you know, just, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're helping a lot of people. I hope you realize that Graham Townsend, a two-parter with Graham, uh, really, really good interview. I mean, all these guys, every guest to have has been amazing. Graham was really good as well. Uh, really happy to get Graham there. I know Graham in the, uh, episode, I don't actually, I don't know. I think he may have mentioned it in the episode, um, or maybe off the air. I know he was at least thinking about doing a book and I really hope he does. Uh, I think it would be a great book, uh, going old school, Kevin Devine. Kevin Devine, man, oh, man, I, I love talking to Kevin. And uh, I was a little apprehensive going into that interview because uh, Kevin uh, was probably the old, the oldest guest. Well, I don't want to say it like that. He's the most vintage guest I had at the time. Started his career before anyone anyone else I had on the show. And, and again, the, the further back you go, uh, I mean, even with my, my last guest, Phil DiGaetano, uh, you know, he started before a lot of these guys and, you know, even his mid eighties, IHL stuff. I mean, there's nothing out there, even, even articles wise, it, it was, a, it's hard to research that. And, uh, I found the same thing with Kevin, although actually there was a decent amount of stuff on there about him. Um, but Kevin was awesome. He really was. He was such a good guest. And, uh, and I love talking old school stuff with him. I can't get enough of the old school stories, man. You want to talk about, you know, seventies hockey and, and stuff, man, I, I love that. You know, I'm, I miss that style hockey and, and I love chatting with Kevin divine. Uh, sugar Ray Schultz was next. Um, you met sugar, obviously, like I met a lot of these guys back when they were playing here and, and he was, uh, it was great to reconnect with him. And then after sugar, it was Trevor Gillies and, uh, Trevor and I, I mean, <laughs> What can you say about Trevor Gillies, man? I tell you, this guy is unbelievable. And uh, Gills, if you're listening, we have to finish. We definitely have to finish. I mean, we've done four episodes so far, um, and I think we're only halfway done with this amazing career. I mean, we we have to finish, buddy. We definitely have to finish. I, I mean, you know, the, the amount of time that Trevor gives to everybody is amazing. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, he's a great family man and he's always out there. He's done other podcasts and, um, and, and we've, we're like 13 hours in maybe. I mean, what do you say to, what do you say about someone that gives you that much time? And, and like I said, we're still not done. And, um, but, uh, Gills, thank you for your time. We have to finish. Please, I'm going to be in touch with you. We got to finish this. Uh, Drew Fado is next, short-term Islander, but oh my god, I'm just thinking back to some of his stories. 
man, he was great. He was a great guest. And uh, Drew, I promise you, if I'm ever up in your area, I'm definitely stopping in to get some baked goods. No doubt about that. Uh, after Drew was an interview that I chased for a long time, and uh, that was for, uh, Rod Dahlman. And uh, I know Rod was not big on doing uh, interviews. I think he's a very modest guy. He's just a quiet, unassuming Saskatchewan boy right now doing his own thing. Uh, but fortunately, I think Rod had listened to a few of the episodes that I had done with some of his former teammates and, uh, and that gave him, that gave him, uh, maybe little, little fire under him to say, Hey, I, I could do this. And, you know, I'd like to discuss my career. And, and it was, that was great for me. I, I really, I really hope that, um, I'm able to get more guys from those Springfield teams. And, uh, I'm really happy that, that Rod reached out to me. I mean, I had pestered him for a while and then I kind of just let it go. And then one day Rod sent me a message and he's like, all right, let's do this. And I was, I was just pumped. Uh, after Rod was Kenny Bam Bam Belanger. Um, another guy doing real well, uh, you know, entrepreneur up in Ontario. Uh, Kenny was a great, a great, um, great episode great guest for an episode and i'm really happy to see that he's involved in a lot of things up up uh in ontario i think he runs a gym uh he's got a few other irons in the fire up there so like i said i'm happy for all these guys doing great things after their career now local local kid joey diamond this was a lot of fun uh, this, this interview, I think I laughed a lot during this interview. Joey is a great kid, played in Bridgeport, uh, played in college with Mike Cornell. And, um, you know, I, I urge you, if you're not familiar with Joey Diamond, please go listen to that episode. Uh, I, I defy you to listen to that episode and not smile from start to finish. And, um, uh, Joey's awesome. And I see he got, fucking Joe, man. You're always posting these pictures or Instagram stories that you're at uh, UPS. Let me know when you're going to games. We'll, we'll grab a beer or something. Um, now, after Joey, I started the uh, Talking Islanders Enforcers with series that I really wanted it to be a supplement to the interviews where I, I would interview um, non-Islander players and talk about their experiences with players in the organization. For instance, first one was with my old friend, Kevin Killer Kaminsky. Um, Killer has been a good friend for a long time. I love that man, and um, he was a natural fit for that first episode. And basically, just talk about Killer, you know, some teammates that he had that have Islander ties, uh, some fights that he had, just playing against certain guys, all related to the Islanders, but also, you know, they could you know, obviously talk about themselves as well. And, um, and I kind of liked doing that episode. I didn't want to do too many of them. I wanted to sort of intersperse them. Uh, but it seems like as I'm looking at the list now, uh, I had a dry spell with, uh, with Islander player interviews. So killer was the first of a few in a short period of time. And, uh, right after killer was, uh, the Nigeria nightmare, Roman Ender and, uh, rooms, another guy I've known him a long time. Great guy. Um, I think he goes under the radar a lot, unless you're a Sabres fan or Rochester fan. Uh, Room's tough guy, real tough guy, and just a great, great guy, man. Honestly, always smiling. I loved, I always loved seeing him in person, and uh, I'm really happy he got some play in that uh, Danbury Trashers documentary because, um, you know, these guys that do the job. I mean, not everyone's going to get the press of a Bob Probert or a Stu Grimson or a Tony Twist, and 
you know, for guys like like Rooms and Killer and, and a lot of the guys that, that I, I speak to here, um, doing this job, riding the buses, playing in the American League, you're doing three and three on the weekends. A lot of times that Saturday game is a night game and that Sunday game is an afternoon game. I mean, it really is, um, to me, the most noble profession in sports. And, and Rooms is someone that comes to mind when I think about that. Uh, next guest was Ben Olson. Ben was, I mean, talk about characters. Ben is an absolute character. And, um, you know, Ben was one of those, those interviews. Uh, so, you know, I've had a few where, where they talk about stuff like real life stuff. And, uh, Ben had, a, Ben's brother was involved in something that was, uh, you know, could have been a lot worse than it was. And, um, you know, this part of the reason why I love doing the show, because I had never met Ben before that. And, um, you know, I learned a lot, and I hope that you did too. After Ben, I said, "I I think I want to start watching lacrosse." I always I was always intrigued a little bit by lacrosse, uh, and growing up in Queens, lacrosse was not anything, and I never heard of lacro- lacrosse probably till about eighty eighty four, maybe eighty three, eighty four. My cousin who grew up in Manhasset, he he was playing it, and he said, "Oh, I." something I won in the lacrosse game. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And, um, over the years, Long Island has had, uh, you know, they had the saints. There was also the short lived Titans that played at uh, Madison square garden. And now we have the riptide here. And I had just posted something about, Hey, if I'm going to follow the riptide, who, uh, who should I follow? Who plays physical? And, um, I got a reply from a guy named Nolan Clayton. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I throw Nolan Clayton's name into Google, and he's a goalie. And I'm like, all right, this is intriguing. I wonder if this is like a a Billy Smith-type character. And, uh, you know, if you're a diehard lacrosse guy, maybe my interviews with with Nolan Clayton and uh, Rich Lisk are not your cup of tea because probably pretty basic stuff, but... Um, for someone like myself, a newbie to the game here on Long Island, uh, Nolan was, was a great guest. He told some great stories. And, uh, recently, uh, Nolan was the latest addition to my, uh, game use collection. Um, sent me a pair of signed, uh, gloves, goldie gloves. And, and when I got them, it was like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm like, wait, they don't have a catcher. Uh, You know, you're used to the goalie gloves, hockey goalie gloves, where you got the blocker and the catcher. And then it made sense because they got to, you know, they get the, the ball in their webbing. I, fuck, I don't know, the cross stick. And uh, they got to be able to get it out of there or pass it to a teammate. Uh, a catcher probably hinders that a little bit. So that was a little bit of a surprise. But it, when I say it now, it's like, duh, of course. But, you know, like I said, lacrosse noob here. But I, I thank Nolan for his time and, uh, you know, really good guy. And we still keep in touch. And I'm hoping that he uh, – He's with Phil, you know, he's been on a few teams since, uh, since I interviewed him and, uh, he's with Philly now. And I know uh, lacrosse is really big down there and I hope that he stays with Philly because they play here on Long Island in a few weeks. So, um, if anyone out there is listening that, uh, is a higher power and uh, you've taken care of all the important stuff, just let Nolan uh, stay with Philadelphia so we can, uh, maybe grab breakfast or something. Uh, next up, I tapped into the well for the Talking Islanders Enforcers with my old friend Darcy Harris. Darcy's one of those uh, Fredericton guys. What a team that that was there in Fredericton. I met Darcy, still keep in touch, and uh, I could talk to Darcy Harris all day. Darcy's one of those guys 
well, I was talking about the smile, like uh, Roman Ender and Dave Chazowski. Those first thing I think about those guys is their smile, and they just seem like you know everybody has good days and bad days, and you know you never know that about those guys because uh, right away I just think of their I think of their smile, and Darcy's one of those guys. Um, next up was Wayne Doucette, and and I, I really appreciate Wayne is uh, Wayne has been really big supporter of the show. He constantly comments on it i think he was designated a top fan recently on facebook so uh so uh it was great you know obviously wayne uh wayne and i a lot of these capital district guys uh you know again it goes back to dean ewan uh having a relationship with dean i was able to meet a lot of these guys and uh they had a really good group of guys down there in cdi for for the uh short time that uh, capital district was in existence, uh, you know, memorable group of guys down there. So, uh, and Deuce, man, he was a really, really good interview and just a great guy. And, uh, you know, I thank you for your support, Deuce. Thanks. Uh, next up talking guys enforcers with, and I think this was the last one I, I did, uh, and I may bring it back. Uh, Steiny, Trevor Steinberg and, uh, another, <laughs> All these guys, all good dudes, and you know, I, I've spoken to Trevor numerous times, uh, not recording and uh, or, or just uh, messages or whatever. And uh, uh, great, great dude, great dude. Uh, you know, go back and listen to the Steiny interview and all the other ones too. Uh, Barry Dreger, if you uh, pop in an IHL fight tape from uh, Barry Dreger's time in the IHL, really the glory years of the IHL in terms of television coverage. Uh, you know, I think Barry's team, the team he's most remembered for, the Orlando Solar Bears, had a lot to do with that. Their a lot of their games were on the Sunshine Network, and uh, Barry was a tough lefty. Barry played a few games with Capital District, and that's Barry's connection to the Islanders and um, obviously to the show. And uh, again, I had met Barry back in San Diego when he was again playing with Dean Ewan, and uh, we reconnected on Facebook. So Facebook does have some good qualities even though for the most part it's a sewer um but uh, for someone like myself who has a show like this um it's good to reconnect with some people barry was great i'm happy that we reconnected and i'm I'm happy that he shared his career with me another guy from those capital district teams dean trebojevich turbo uh really really fun episode to do and that was an interesting one because he's in alaska so the time difference, uh, you know, guys like Turbo, guys like Dal Houston, uh, with these time differences, uh, Brand- Brandon DeFazio, another guy I'm going to mention, uh, time differences make things interesting. So, uh, but Turbo, Turbo was awesome, a lot of fun. Uh, Vern Smith, no stranger to those of you who follow the Springfield Indians, and uh, Vern uh, played one game for the Islanders, and uh, Vern, if you're listening. Uh, I still do not have the capabilities to copy DVDs. It's like uh, back in the day, uh, my buddy Tom came over to my house. He put in all the software I needed, and I'm such a, a technology dinosaur. I'm sure it's very easy to get the software to, to copy discs, but Vern, I promise you when I'm able to do that, uh, I'm lucky enough to have Vern's uh, NHL game against Detroit on DVD, and I really want to get it to him. So, uh, but I suck. I don't know how to do this. But uh, but Vern was awesome, and I will get that to you at some point, Vern. Next up was Matt Karkner, and uh, Matt Karkner was one of the interviews I got the most feedback on. And um, if you want to know why, go back and listen to the episodes. Uh, Matt was awesome, 
And um, I wish he was still part of the organization. Uh, that was a big hit. And um, wherever he ends up, he's uh, he's gonna. It's that organization will be better because Matt Carkner is on the payroll. Um, or, or who knows? I mean, he's, uh, you know, like a lot of these guys, good family man. He's been really focusing on his kids hockey this year. So maybe he doesn't go back. Maybe he doesn't come back. Maybe, um, you know, he just focuses on that worries about the kids, worries about the family. But I think Matt has a real interesting story. Um, and, uh, like I said, if you want to know why I got a lot of feedback on those episodes, go back and listen. Another capital district Islander, Rick Hayward. Rick was an amazing, uh, an amazing guest, like all the guests were, and uh, I really enjoyed chatting with him. And uh, you know, Rick is another one, like uh, you know, I mentioned with Ben Olson and uh, Dave Chizowski, where um, it gets real heavy at the end. It gets real, real heavy at the end. And um, you know, it, it. The cool thing about doing this show is you get to talk to someone like Rick Hayward about their hockey career, and then. Not that what Rick had to say was cool. It absolutely was not cool. The story that he told at the end, um, it's an unfortunate thing that happened, but um, word can get out there. And again, it's times like this where Rick tells the story of uh, something that happened to his son that I wish I had the reach of a Joe Rogan or a Paul Bissonette. I wish I had that reach to get that story out there. And, and I don't, and that's fine. And, and most times I really don't give a shit but it's times like like uh and again if you don't know what i'm talking about go back and and listen to the episode it's times like that that i wish i did have that reach because then it would really come in handy but also while it is a real real heavy episode at the end it's also very inspirational so um again go back and listen but uh but that was really really fun chat with hazy it was great Next up, talking about time differences, Brandon DeFazio. Brandon DeFazio, again, I never met him. This, it just another guy that just seems like just having fun. He's just he's just having fun. It was great to talk to him. And again, well, again, it's only again if you listen to the episode. Uh, I watch I watch Brandon's dad Dean on my old. Uh, Baltimore skipjack fight tape. So that was pretty cool to talk about. And uh, if you're fight tape nerd like I am, and you watch those old skipjack tapes, you saw Brandon's pops, Dean, on those tapes. And we do obviously discuss Dean DeFazio on those uh, on those interviews. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, Steve Jakes, Steve Jakes, former teammate of Dean Ewan, former Salt Lake Golden Eagle. That's one. One team that is underrepresented on this show, well, I mean, partly because they only uh, Islanders only had them as an affiliate for one year, so um, but uh, so there's only a handful of guys that I could actually get, and uh, Jake C was uh, was an excellent guest, told some good stories, uh, and actually uh, one of the most fun things about this show is talking to guys, teammates, ex teammates, and getting stories and. Uh, Few of the boys I led by Terrence Sandwith uh, got some good Jakesy stories on there, and uh, lots of laughs as usual um, in that episode for sure. 
Uh, going back to lacrosse, again, an old contact, Rich Lisk, who I met back way back when he was running the show with the Trenton Titans. And uh, Rich is now the boss of the New York Riptide. Uh, we had a good chat talking about Rich's career, talking about his role with the Riptide and what his vision for the team going forward. Um, and again, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully when I interview guys like Nolan and guys like Rich, um, you know, and, and they know that I'm a lacrosse new, but I'm really interested in learning more about the game and chatting with those guys. Uh, those guys was a big help and also very entertaining as well. Uh, last two guys here, Jim Johnson. Uh, Jim Johnson worked for the Islanders uh, for a very long time, and Jim joined me on the Clark Gillies tribute episode. And um, Jim now works hand-in-hand uh, hand with Pat LaFontaine, for Pat's uh, Companions and Courage Foundation. I urge you to go and uh, look into that. Uh, Jim's one of the good guys on the planet, and uh, I thank him for his time, told some real good stories. And, um, you know, hopefully one day I'll get to reconnect with Jim in person, but it was great to chat with him. And then finally, the latest episode, Phil DiGaetano. Again, it, it's great. You know, hockey hockey um, was never an occupation for me, but being involved uh, with the sport for so long. Uh, it's great that, you know, again, like I said, uh, Facebook, social media in general, it's an absolute sewer, but it does serve a purpose when you can reconnect to people. And, uh, Phil's a guy that, uh, if you're not familiar with his hockey career, if you're too, you may be too young, you might even be too young to be familiar with Phil with the RHI. Uh, but Phil was the coach and GM of the Long Island Jaws for the one season we had them. But before that, um, you know, played played pro hockey, played a lot of years in the jungle down in the American League, played one season with the Indianapolis Checkers. So there's his Islander ties. But also, you know, Long Island Jaws, you know, I was a big fan of them. And, and Phil, who didn't know me really at the time very well, but Phil, you know, treated me like old. My, and my wife, too. You know, very, uh, you know, real good guy. Uh, thank you to Artie for introducing me to Phil. And uh, if you don't know who Artie is, uh, you'll have to listen to that episode, too. So, um, I know that took a while, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned everybody by name because as I've already said a million times in this episode, without those guys, this, there is no show. This show is because the people I just mentioned were generous with their time and took their time to do my show. So thank you. I also want to thank the people who I've reached out to, who have declined to appear. And one of those guys, like I had mentioned is Dean Chanel. And, uh, um, it's it's really difficult, and I know that Darren has mentioned this on his show, and Alec has mentioned it on his show. Um, it's a lot easier for a former player or someone that was involved in the game to make contact with former teammates or former opponents. They have that cachet. They have that. Um, even if their show's brutal, it, it doesn't matter. They have that... Um, I guess, like I keep saying, it cachet is the word. They have that. Hey, it's me. Whatever. Uh, hey, would you come on my show? And it's a lot easier for those folks to get guests than it is for uh, for folks like myself. And um, I've reached out to a number of people. Not too many. Most people, when they do agree to come on, but I've reached out to a handful of people who have who have politely declined. And you know what? That's okay. I appreciate the fact that you took the time to think about it, whether it was 10 seconds or a couple of days, whatever, and said uh, it might not be the best time. And most of the time it was for people who are still involved in the game somehow. And, um, you know, maybe they just, uh, you know, they have their reasons. 
and I get it. But uh, obviously, the best thing is when I reach out to a guy and he says yes. Second best thing is when I reach out to a guy and he says no, because then what happens is it's over. And I don't uh, reach out to a guy. He says yes. And then I do all the research. And then all of a sudden, now he's a ghost. He's in the wind. That is the worst. So for those of you who I've reached out to, if you're listening and you've declined to come on the show, I do appreciate the fact, you know, that, uh, that you declined. I mean, I wish you would have said yes, but the fact that you outright said no makes it a lot easier on me, you know, and, um, you know, would you rather die from a thousand cuts or just one right between the eyes? And then basically, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, that's a little dramatic, but yeah, it's, it's a lot easier when a guy says, look, maybe this isn't the right time. Okay, cool. Thank you for being honest with me. Where I'm going with that Recently on social media, I, I put a post out there on all the platforms I'm on saying, uh, for for you people, who would you like for me to get as a guest? And um, there was some, mostly on Facebook. And I want to go through some of these just to sort of give you an idea of what it's like for uh, someone like myself, small potatoes, to uh, to try to get guests. So I, I put it out there. I said, who would you like to hear on the show? So there wasn't that many responses on Twitter. Uh, one of the guys, someone had said, uh, stating the obvious, Eric Goddard. And, you know, I have done my best to try to reconnect with Eric Goddard, uh, know uh, the hand of God a little bit from his time here and with Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, uh, don't have his contact information. I used to have his email. I don't, I doubt he has that email anymore. And I've reached out, I've sent messages to Eric and obviously he's not a very strong social media presence, which is probably the smart thing to do, but I have sent messages and I've sent messages to people who I know are in his circle and uh, I just haven't heard back. It's a very, it's frustrating, but, uh, what can you do? But but this is this is the battle that uh, that I face. I would love to have Eric Goddard on the show. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to have Eric Goddard on their show? It's uh, fuck. That's a no brainer. I'd love to have that guy on my show. I'd love to even just reconnect with him. Even forget about the show. Like if Eric Goddard said, "Yeah, you know, I'm not really too into doing it." Uh, okay, no problem. Just what's going on, dude? You know, just just reconnect. But I've had no luck so far. But trust me, if uh, if that's ever possible. You're damn right I'm going to get him on the show. Uh, On Instagram, now you've heard me mention Yuka before. Yuka is a very good friend. Uh, Show aside, he's a good friend, Uh, but he's helped me out with a lot of my research for the show. Uh, Yuka had suggested talking aisles enforcers with guys like Trevor Doyle, Serge Roberge, Kirk Tomlinson, Jerry Fleming, uh, PLL, uh, Brant Myers, Dennis Bonvi, Phil Crow, Sammy Hellenius, Darren Langdon, Craig Martin, and our mutual buddy, Matt Nickerson. Uh, I would love to get all those guys on the show. I mean, honestly, I mean, and again, for those guys, um, career shows would, would, you know, not fit my, uh, not fit my program. They would be better suited for say Darren or Alec, but, um, there's a couple of guys on there. There's, uh, I mean, I'll just say it like Jerry Fleming and I, uh, I've known Jerry a long time. He's currently coaching in Iowa 
and uh, we did reconnect this year. And I would love to get Jerry on the show to do a Talking Isles Enforcers with. Uh, and that's something that I have thought about doing after the season, reaching out to him. Um, of course, Matt Nickerson, I mean, we talk all the time. We were talking uh, yesterday. Uh, he's another guy I'd love to uh, I'd love to have on. Uh, I, I wonder about guys who I don't have a relationship with. You know, like I don't know Trevor Doyle or Serge or, you know, Gunnar Tomlinson. Um you know, if they'd even consider doing it, you know, I mean, there's, there's a certain, uh, thing about the role where, you know, it's easier for me to talk to guys that I know and, and sell them on the idea of doing a show like that, as opposed to say, yeah, we're not going to talk too much about your career. Obviously it'll be intertwined, but, um, I want to talk about other guys. That's a lot easier sell to people that, that I have a relationship with. And like I said, um, you know, I've known Jerry a very long time, and if he's up to doing it, um, you know, I'm sure he would. Uh, you know, and, and Nickerson, fuck Nickerson's just like a buddy next door. Jesus, I, you know, I, I just Nickerson. If you're listening to this, I hope what we discussed uh, yesterday comes to fruition. Now it'd be really cool uh, to hook up. So, um, but the the original design well the original plan for those episodes was to sort of maybe do one a month and as i had mentioned previously um i i ran into a little bit of a dry spell there with with islander related guests and i did a bunch of them and i really would love to just do one of those a month maybe and maybe i'll get back into those uh when i discuss what's going to happen with this program now the most feedback i got for that was on uh, facebook and I'm going to just run through some of these so people understand. Uh, first one, Breck Lant. Fuck, I would love to get Galley on the show. Jesus Christ, he would be amazing. And I know I know that Darren has reached out to him too. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Alex reached out to him or other people have reached out to him. Uh, Breck Lant would be an amazing guest for any of us. And uh, if I couldn't get him, I wish he would do one of the other two guys' shows. I, I do. It's not, this is what I'm talking about with the competition thing. I would love to have Breckelant on the show, but you know, it would be just as cool hearing Breckelant do an interview with Darren or Alec. Uh, honestly, just to get his, just to get his career story out there. It'd be amazing. Um, uh, as far as I know, uh, I think Darren has been told the same thing. Uh, Breckelant at this time has no interest in doing a podcast and that's fine. That's fine. And I actually met him this year. Um, me and um, me and my buddy Anthony, who you've heard me mention before, um, took a trip to Hershey. Uh, Dan uh, and Dan, but you don't know Dan. Uh, took a trip to Hershey for a game against Cleveland. Uh, hooked up with Galley for a few minutes. Had a nice chat with him. What a great guy! I know he'd be a fucking amazing guest on my show or any show. And I hope maybe once he retires, maybe he'll reconsider. Uh, but uh, what a good dude, and probably. Fuck, probably the toughest guy still playing right now. <laughs> Maybe only rivaled by his brother. But uh but again, Galley's a guy I've reached out to. Uh really doesn't have an interest in doing the show. Then I got a bunch of names. I got a bunch of names here. So I'm gonna go over them. Uh Brian McCabe. I think Brian McCabe would be a great guest. I've never tried to reach out to him. Uh but that may be someone uh that may be someone that uh, I should try to reach out with. Uh, Jerry Hart. I would love to get Jerry Hart on the show. I have, I don't know how to get in touch with him. Uh, they mentioned his son, who has a, an Islanders connection. 
And um, I just don't think uh, that uh, Jordan Hart is probably going to do any interviews. Um, Gary Howitt. Are you, I mean, you've heard me mention Howie a million times on the show. I would love to get Gary Howard on the show. I'm hoping the Bob Nystrom interview comes to fruition. And, um, you know, and I think if that comes to fruition, that'll help me get Gary Howard on the show. Uh, obviously, I mean, I hope the Bob Nystrom interview comes to fruition because he's Bob fucking Nystrom. Uh, but again, I think a residual effect of doing a, a quality interview with Bob would be getting uh, Gary Howard on the show. Uh, Dave Longevin was another name that came up. And, um, you know, Dave Longevin is someone who I think is more known for his hitting. But when I went back and looked, he had a decent amount of fights. And, of course, playing in the Cup era, you know, that would be a guy I would love to chat with also. So um, that's another name I need to research, maybe trying to get him on here. Uh, Dennis Potvin. I mean, is it – I always think, look, no matter what you are, uh, it's always good to be humble, whether you're a brain surgeon or a professional athlete, um, you know, a sanitation worker, a librarian, a ticket seller, no matter what your station is in life, I believe that there's no, uh, shouldn't just be humble and everyone gets treated the same. That being said, for me to reach out to the greatest defenseman of all time and ask him to do a show where we're going to focus mostly on his fighting, I don't know if Dennis would be into that, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, that would probably be really the only interview, the only type interview he's probably never done before. Uh, all the other interviews are about what an amazing player he's been and what a captain, what type of captain he was. And, uh, you know, if, if you've, I've talked about it already, I think Dennis Podvin is, is the greatest Islander, uh, player in history. I think he's the most important player that this organization has ever had um again you pick whomever you feel out of that big four uh to me Podvin is number one i would i mean it'd be an honor to have him on the show uh i just don't uh, i don't know if the greatest defenseman of all time is gonna really be interested in something like that uh gordy lane another guy i'd love to get on the show I have no idea where he is something for me to look into uh gord Deneen, gerald diddick uh, I have sent messages to both of those gentlemen. Whether they received them, I don't know. And um, if they did receive them, they have not responded. But I would welcome both of those guys on the show. Uh, Billy Smith, I think it would be a cool interview with Billy Smith to, to really just focus on his fights. Um, again, similar to Dennis Podvin, any interview that Billy Smith has ever done is really focused on the Cups and him being the best money goalie out there. Um, but I think an interview with Billy Smith just talking about scraps could be interesting, but I don't know how, um, into it he would be. And, and, uh, you know, there's a, even as far as autograph signings go, there's a bunch of old Islanders coming in, in April, uh, for alumni day. And there's, um, someone, uh, fuck, this is me. I'm not, I'm not, not telling you their name because, uh, I don't want to give them any publicity. They they were actually really good to me. Uh, they're in East Meadow, and I it's a card store, and now my old man memory's kicking in. But it's actually where I met Bob Nystrom and Clark Gillies and did autograph signings with them. And uh, they're doing autograph signings with a bunch of the old Islanders, and, and Billy's one of the guys that's just a private signing. And so be it. That's his decision. Um, so to me, that kind of says uh, he's a private person. And uh, so... Again, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, you know, if he'd be up to doing an interview like that. Um, 
you know, Bobby Nystrom we've already talked about. I'm hoping that's in the works. It would be an honor to talk to Bob Nystrom about his career. Uh, then, like I had said, Brian McCabe is a guy. Uh, Zenon Kanopka is a guy that uh, that I'm in contact with. He said he would do it. Um, and again, it's just the tough thing is now with scheduling. And um, I would love to talk to Z. I think he's one of the more interesting guys out there. If you know anything about Zenon Kanopka, you know he's quite the character. And um, I think he'd be a phenomenal interview. I really do. I think there are there are very few guys I would push to do um, in terms of keep it going. Like usually I'll, I'll, I'll ask a guy once or twice and, and if I don't get a, a positive response, maybe I'll just let it go. I just think Kanopka would be an insane interview. So he might be a guy I would push a little more, but hopefully, hopefully we're able to hook up one day and I could do that. Uh, Steve Webb, Steve Webb uh, respectfully declined. Uh, he's still working in hockey, and uh, and I get it, and I appreciate him uh, not stringing me along. It was uh, it was thanks, but uh, maybe a, another point. Uh, Jason Weimer, I have no idea where Jason Weimer is. Uh, another guy I'd love to talk to, Dave Scatcherd. Uh, Dave Scatcherd uh, said he would do the show, and um, he's a busy guy, so I don't know. Uh, I hope he would come on, but uh, I don't know. You know, you, I love Dave Scatcherd, and hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll come on at some point. Uh, Gino Ojic was another name floated, and I've met, I've uh, messaged Gino numerous times. Uh, never got a reply, but I know Gino. Uh, Gino's had a lot of health issues over the last few years, and um, you know, I don't know how many interviews he's doing, and. Honestly, with the uh, the amount of time it takes to do the interviews with me, uh, that might be a lot to ask for someone who's had health issues. But if anyone knows Gino and wants to uh, let him know that I'm still interested, even if we just talk about his Islander years, I'd be happy with that. That wouldn't uh, be as long as a career interview, but uh, I would love to chat with Gino. Uh, someone mentioned Rhett Trombley. Now, Rhett played uh, with Utah it, with the uh, when the Islanders said Utah as – an affiliate never affiliated with the Islanders. Um, I, I speak to Rhett every now and then on uh, social media. Really good guy, and I believe Darren has reached out to Rhett to do a career interview because uh, uh, Rhett was a uh, Saskatoon Blade, and uh, Darren, of course, is up in Saskatchewan. I, I don't think Rhett is uh, into doing uh, doing the interviews. So, um, so I think he, he declined Darren. So I don't think he would do an interview with me. Uh, Justin Johnson, <laughs> JJ, I'd love to get that guy on the show. Um, of course, Islander fans remember him for the, uh, the, uh, one punch on, <clears throat> on John Scott. I would love to get Justin Johnson on the show. Uh, I've sent him messages over social media, whether he got them or not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Justin Johnson, I agree with you. And, you know, those are just some of the names. And just just to kind of let you guys know what it's like for a Ham and Egger like myself, a, a not former player, a not former GM, a not former anything in the game, trying to get guests on this show. And as much as I wanted those posts to be a suggestion, it actually kind of opened my eyes a little bit that maybe, um, I don't know, is the show on borrowed time? I have no idea. Uh, I love doing the show. but I think it really, really sort of hit home in a sense when I started, you know, answering everybody. 
uh, and the amount of guys who I've reached out to and I just never heard back from, or the amount of guys I've reached out to said they would do it. And then I, I can't, you know, there, nothing happens after that. So, um, just to let you know, I love, I love doing the show and, uh, I don't plan on ever stopping it, but there is a very good possibility that this show will not be a weekly show anymore. So, um, you know, uh, for instance, I'm, I was trying to schedule something, uh, this week with a particular player and this guy's active. So, uh, when, when you're trying to schedule an interview with an, an interview, like I do where you have, it's a time commitment with a current player. That's difficult. That gets difficult. Uh, you know, there's road trips and there's family time. I, I'm sure if, if this player and I were talking about doing this interview in June, or July, it would have been done and uploaded already. Uh, but with current players, it gets to be a little more difficult. So hopefully, hopefully we can get that done this week. If not, I'm sure we'll get it done at some point, even if it even if it is the off season. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, this uh, trying to get guests every week it's it's very stressful, and I don't want that. This show is not about that. I don't get paid for this show. This is a hobby, and um, so. If you don't see an episode every week, I, I not that anyone's going to panic and say, "Oh my God, where's the show?" But uh, it just may not be a weekly show anymore. But we'll we'll see how it goes, and um, hopefully, I can get some momentum going here, get some guests, and then we'll put in some uh, talking aisles and forces with. We'll throw in the uh, the odd solo episode, and we'll get it going here. But just to let you know, we'll see how it goes from from here on in. But I'm definitely I definitely wouldn't. Uh, definitely wouldn't stop doing the show. So as far as the hundredth episode goes, and as far as talking about this show goes, um, I think that is probably it for the episode. There are a few real life things I would like to talk about. If you'll, uh, if you'll give me the time, a friend of mine, now, as you know, if you listen to Darren's show, a friend of mine left Madison square garden, she went to a different theater, and that theater has a play about Michael Jackson. And I didn't know that this was a thing. There's a play about Michael Jackson. Now, it made me really think about how fucked up society is and how we view different people. So a guy like R. Kelly, who's an absolute scumbag piece of shit, uh, R. Kelly's done. His songs don't get played on the radio anymore. He's uh, he's a pariah. He is persona non grata. A lot of most places, if not all places, he's absolute human garbage, and he's getting everything he deserves. But yet, Michael Jackson, everybody just gives him a pass. Why? Why? Because he can moonwalk. Because you grew up listening to him. He gets a pass. He's a pedophile. Why does Michael Jackson get a pass? Because you feel bad for him because he was abused by his father? Listen, I agree. I agree 100% that Michael Jackson's father is a piece of garbage too. Okay? But that doesn't give him a pass for being a pedophile. I've also heard, well, it's not just Michael Jackson. What about the kid's parents who take the money? Again, yes, because there are scumbag parents out there that will pimp out their kids. That doesn't give Michael Jackson a pass for being a pedophile. But yet people are so... His music's still on the radio. They're doing a play about him now in New York City. What? He's a fucking pedophile. But it's okay because, well, I grew up listening to him and he was part of the Jackson 5 and he wrote a song about a rat and he can moonwalk and he he and all this other garbage. 
why are we as a society so quick to pick and choose who we who we deem the worst listen michael jackson's a pedophile r kelly's a piece of garbage what r kelly did jesus i hope he burns in hell for eternity but so should michael jackson but yet some people out there just give him a pass michael jackson's victims the parents of his victims are absolute garbage. If those parents took any money, took a penny from Michael Jackson to make that go away, then they're just as culpable. Well, not quite as culpable, but culpable because you just pimped out your kid, you piece of shit, and your kid should be taken away from you. But again, the fact that somebody thought it was good to do a play about a fucking pedophile, Michael Jackson... It's absolutely reprehensible, and it just further proof that we're in bizarro world. Um, another story that is making the rounds now: Cain Velasquez. Holy shit! What a story this is. Um, Cain Velasquez is proof that not all heroes wear capes. So, if you're not familiar with Cain Velasquez, Cain Velasquez is one of the most dangerous men on the planet. Um, former UFC heavyweight champion. I mean, and you know, listen, the fight game, no matter what the uh, what the the sport, whether it's boxing, kickboxing, any of the combat sports, again, is a microcosm of society. It's a mixed bag of people. And um, but Cain Velasquez is a guy who always seems to have a good reputation. His story of um, his parents, uh, I think it was his dad working in the field. I, I forget what it was. It was. Uh, it was something more at the in my mind when I was watching it more, and uh, you know, like I said, just basically there are certain guys that are absolute scumbags in MMA, and uh, but like I said, it's a microcosm of society. And then there's guys like Cain Velasquez who uh, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about. Well, Cain Velasquez finds out that one of his relatives has been molested at a daycare, and now. This is something that I talk about in hockey where I kind of like the frontier justice aspect of what hockey used to be where you can take care of business um, and not have to worry about going to a higher authority like uh, Brendan Shanahan or George Powers or anything like that. You just take care of business. Um, and that's what Cain Velasquez attempted to do. Now, some people may find it barbaric that he went, uh, went after. And, and uh, uh, let's be honest, he tried to murder this guy. And in the process, he ended up shooting the scumbag stepfather. And uh, now Kane is in prison. The, uh, the person who molested his relative was arrested for molesting his relative. And because the justice system in this country is pretty much fucked no matter what state you're in, but especially in places like New York and California where they make it real cuddly and coddly for the fucking perpetrators, the pedophile is out of jail. Cain Velasquez still in prison. So I want to touch on a couple different things here. Um, legally, it's very difficult to defend Cain Velasquez. I mean, uh, he went out with a gun. Uh, it was going, I mean, I'm sure he would have murdered him if he had the opportunity. So yeah, I guess it is premeditated murder um so legally it's it's hard to defend what he did from a legal aspect but from an aspect of a man and from an aspect of a father and an uncle 
and a brother and a son, which I'm all of those. Man, oh man, you know, I get goosebumps right now thinking about it because, um, you know, Cain Velasquez is obviously very close to this, this person and his family. And um, Cain Velasquez was going to get justice. And, you know, people can say what they want. Well, you know, let the law take care of it. Let this, you know what, put yourself in, you can't. I was going to say put yourself in Cain's position, but you know what, you can't. You can't put yourself in Kane's position. Um, as I've said multiple times, uh, with my incident in particular, um, with on the subway, at the time where I, I was able to get the knife out of Gelman's hands, if I was able to reach the knife, I would have plunged it right into his chest. And saying it now, it sounds a little weird, but I can obviously still remember the mindset I was in at that point, And that was an absolute war. That was kill or be killed. That person was trying to murder me and I had to stop him. And at the time, if getting that knife and ending his life was going to stop him, I would have done it. And, and it's not me going, Oh, I'm a tough guy, this or that. No, it's just a fact. You know, and I know a lot of people say they would have done the same thing, and a lot of people say, oh, I don't know, but I can honestly say that. There was a threat. I had no help, I mean, from the people that were on the train that were there to arrest Maxim Gelman. They hit like pussies. Um, I was on my own, and if this guy gets the knife again, he's going to try to finish the job, and uh, that's why it was important for me to try to get it. Now, neither one of us got it. Um, but <clears throat> for those people, and most people are not critical of me when I say that at all. I think most people get it just like, I think most people understand why Kane did what he did. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, it, it, it legally, it's hard to defend him, but God damn, you know, Kane Velasquez, think about it. I, I, God, what a, what a, what a thing to know. What a thing to find out that one of your relatives has been uh, sexually assaulted by a, a grown-up. Did he snap? <sighs> Can you blame him? You know? So, uh, you know, I, I think the unfortunate thing here is that uh, Cain Velasquez shot the stepfather, who, by the way, uh, is, th is this stepfather uh, on the hook for anything? You know, if, if I know a fugitive... And I know this. I know this guy's on the run, and he's in my house while I'm harboring a fugitive, so I can get in trouble for that. If this stepfather knows that the son is a pedophile and he's trying to get him out of harm's way, is is the father culpable for anything? I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a legal thing, but to find out what Cain Velasquez found out, I mean, how anyone. Anyone, you know, the, the Monday morning quarterbacks that are critical of what he did, I mean, put yourself in that position and uh, put yourself in that mindset at the time. Like, you know, if, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, the unfortunate thing is, is that if Kane Velasquez, and there's a, pro and there's probably a pretty good chance that Kane is going to spend the rest of his life in prison or at least a good portion of it now, because um, it's hard to argue that it's not premeditated attempted murder. Um, uh, but I, I hope that there's some way that he's, 
I, I, he's not getting out. I mean, he's not. The charges aren't going to be dropped. But I, I hope he doesn't. He doesn't get life in prison. Uh, but I guess if he if he were to get life in prison, then the unfortunate thing is he didn't get to finish the job. And forget about the gun. It would have been poetic justice. Uh, if you're if you're giving me the choice of Cain Velasquez shooting me or Cain Velasquez in a locked room without windows getting his hands on me for five minutes. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the gun, shoot me and get it over with. I, I mean, Cain Velasquez could do a world of hurt in five minutes to most humans. Uh, he's beaten a lot of tough guys, a lot of trained assassins. Forget about people like us with no training. Uh, I'll take the gun, please. Just, just please put it to my temple and pull the trigger. Um, and it's unfortunate that if, if this man's going to spend the rest of his life in prison, that he didn't get the opportunity <clears throat> to, to end this pedophile's life. And, you know, so, uh, like I said, not all heroes wear capes. I, I support Cain Velasquez a hundred percent. And, um, you know, like I said, for those of you, and, and I don't know a lot of people that listen to this show that might be critical of him, but for those people out there that are critical of him, put yourself in his position. Find out that one of your relatives was sexually molested by a grown-up and tell me what you would do. Um, uh, you know, I know most men probably would uh, try to take action into their own hands. And again, you can't put yourself in that position until you receive that news. I, I've had a lot of people, like I said, my my situation say they would do the same thing, and I always say, "You're all you're better than me," because I honestly wouldn't know what I would do. Uh, I I don't know what I would have done the day before because saying saying it is one thing, but being put in that position is another thing. And uh, for those people, and again, it's really a small portion that are critical of Cain Velasquez. Well, put yourself in that fucking position where you find out one of your relatives was just was just molested by a pedophile. And uh, you know, I've I've always been a champion for for the victims because too often in this society. We're so fucking concerned with, oh, prison conditions and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's too cold. It's too hot. Oh, this and that bullshit. Well, how about we worry about the victims? And, um, you know, so now everyone, there'll be people outside say, oh, Cain Velasquez, he's a bad boy. He tried to shoot this guy. This, this guy has rights. No, the fucking pedophile should not have any rights. He should have zero rights. But again, there'll be people out there worried about, the prison conditions for this fucking guy who's out of jail right now. Cain Velasquez is in jail right now. He's in not in jail. He's in prison. And the pedophile is out. Great job, California. But again, it's the same bullshit here in New York where they're so fucking worried about making everything comfortable for the criminals. Jesus Christ. It's a fucking abomination. People can shit on Texas all they want, but goddamn, I think they do it right down there. But uh, anyway, there are plenty of other podcasts you can listen to that will go way deeper into the Cain Velasquez situation than I do. But uh, I just wanted to say I, uh, I stand with this guy. Uh, like I said, I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. And um, fuck, yeah, man, I, I want my family to know they can rely on me and I, and I have their back. So um, I stand with Cain Velasquez definitely uh, follow this story if you're not following it. Uh, it's going to end unfortunate for Cain Velasquez, but hopefully it ends unfortunate for the pedophile too. Um, you know, but, uh, but then uh, on a lighter note, I'm going to end with this. So um, <laughs> I went to the Islanders game yesterday 
And uh, if you if you know me or you've listened to the show, you know how I feel about that stupid fisherman jersey. But as I walk around the concourse, there's two things that that is absolutely amazing to me. One, people that wear this jersey, like I I don't quite understand it. Um, this is a team that that won four cups in a row. They won 19 consecutive playoff series, all with the classic logo. Yet at some point in your life, you decided to buy the fisherman jersey. Why? Are you listen? If you're a contrarian, so be it. You want to wear it to maybe get a rise out of people, so be it. Uh, and like I've said, I I think the uh, Bridgeport team should adopt the fisherman jersey as their as their jersey because I think the fisherman logo is a minor league logo fit for a minor league team. And if you're going to keep them, the Bridgeport Islanders, why not? You're going to sell this fucking stupid jersey anyway. Why not let them wear it in Bridgeport? Because that Bridgeport Islanders logo, like I said, the third grader who drew it, it's a great logo for an eight-year-old to draw. It's amazing that a minor league team is wearing it. Put the Fisherman logo down in Bridgeport. You can justify selling the jerseys. Um I mean, not that you have to justify it to me or, or most normal people who thinks it, think it's ridiculous, but it's a it's a nice jersey for an American League team or an old IHL team or an East Coast League team. Uh, put it down in Bridgeport. And that's bad enough. You know, like I'm looking at people that are older than me wearing it. And listen, if you think it's a nice jersey, so be it. But I, to me, it's not the Islanders. It's not the New York fucking Islanders. It is. It just isn't. It just, it's not. But now, then there are the people that doubled down, and I, I'm sure I've talked about this already, but I have to just get it out of my system. So they doubled down on the fisherman jersey by getting a current player or or one of the championship players on the back of it. So I guess what's more ridiculous, seeing a fisherman jersey with Dennis Podvin on it or a fisherman jersey with Anders Lee on it? Neither one ever wore that stupid thing. But now you're going to double down on the stupidity, not only wear that dumb fisherman jersey, but now you're going to get a player on the back who never wore, wore that jersey. So why not get Wayne Gretzky on it? Or Mario Lemieux or Bobby Orr, um, Yarmir Yager. Why not get Sidney Crosby on it? They never wore that jersey either. So why not? I mean, fuck, get Tom Brady on it. Get uh, Tony Gwynn. Those guys never wore that stupid jersey either. Get Martina Navratilova. Uh, what's his name? The the golfer, the beer guy, John Daly. Get him on the back. Why not? Why not get? Uh, oh God, Weber, that bowler, that that bowler who had all that personality, or get fucking Dale Earnhardt Jr. They never wore that jersey either. Why not? <laughs> I I just someone needs to explain the thought process of getting a player who never wore a jersey getting their name on the back. I don't understand it, and I saw it a bunch of times yesterday. I just don't get it. I mean, what I'm going to do right now when I'm done when I'm done recording this, I am going to go to the Carolina Hurricanes team store and get a Mick Vakota jersey because that makes as much sense as a as an Anders Lee fisherman jersey or a Brian Trottier fisherman jersey makes as much sense. And after I'm done with the Hurricanes, I'm going to call the LA Kings, and uh, uh, you know I'm going to get an Eric Cairns jersey. Makes a lot of sense. You know what I think the Islanders should do. Uh, speaking of shit balls, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, I believe it was uh, after Aaron Hernandez was found guilty. 
uh, I believe the Patriots did a jersey exchange where you can go in and uh, dump your Aaron Hernandez murderer jersey. Uh, and I don't know if you got a certain amount of uh, dollars off a new jersey. And I think that was a great idea. I'd love to see the bill. I mean, there's probably not too many O.J. Simpson jerseys out there, although you see the odd knucklehead wearing an O.J. Simpson jersey at a Bills game. Again, what are you trying to prove, that you were in a jersey of a murderer? Like, what the fuck is your problem with that? But I think what the Islanders should do is offer people with the fisherman jersey uh, if you bring in your fisherman jersey, they'll give you, say, 50% off an actual classic logo jersey of your choice, and uh, then we could just light these fisherman jersey on fire because, really, um, aside from toilet paper, that pretty much would be a proper burial for these fucking things. I honestly don't get it, and um, it's a minor irritation. But, uh, yeah, so anyway... Uh, if you liked what you just heard, please consider subscribing to Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box on whatever platform you are listening to right now. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment, please rate and review the show. Maybe, <laughs> maybe don't review this show, but, uh, maybe give the show a review. If you listen to the actual episodes where I speak to a guest, but, uh, but yeah, no, if, um, if you, if you're, if you listen to the show, whether or not you subscribe, whether or not you like the show, rate the show, review the show. Uh, as I've said a million times, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this show because, you know, uh, what's the point? Uh, I mean, really, uh, on an episode like this, all I'm doing or all you're doing is listening to stuff that my family gets to hear me bitch and moan about uh, for free. Well, not that you paid, but... Uh, they don't have a choice and you do. And I appreciate the fact that you've chosen to listen to this show. So, um, so once again, uh, a hundred episodes into this thing, thank you very much to everybody who has participated in the show, who has sent me, uh, messages of support. Um, thank you obviously to my family. Uh, although, you know, someone like my wife, she probably enjoys when I do this show because she gets a break from me. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, nothing that I do uh, is possible without my family, and uh, and I appreciate them. But again, thank you to all the guests. Thank you to the listeners and everybody out there. Until we meet again, please stay safe.